two days ago, I had this nice, simple life. And now it's a nightmare. Who are you? My name is Sarah Connor. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. Hi, welcome to Space Frost, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is, you know, bestie of my heart, uh, Mary Johnson. What up, girl? What up? Hey, guys. Well, we're really excited to be here today to talk about Terminator Dark Fate. Fate, 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 fate. And with us today (laughs) is my sister and yours. (laughs) <laughs> Megan Woody. Hey girl. Hello. Megan is the Megan is the universal sister of the world. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for you're, coming you're, back. You're Megan. Mother for, Mary or Sister Megan. Sister Megan. <laughs> Thank you. We are we are the we are everyone's family. This feels very culty. Um one hundred percent when I said sister Megan, I'm like, oh cult cult cult. Space Bros is not a cult, guys. I'm here, are, for it. I'm here for it. I mean, <laughs> it. It depends on if Netflix wants to give us a show. If we, we it requires us to be a cult to get a show, sure, sure, sure. I'm Fair. willing to consider it. Yeah, um, we'll backdoors that to talk about uh, queer content, anti-capitalist agendas, and Black Lives Matter. Right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, but you know what? All cults go bad eventually, so it feels it feels risky, risky business. When I studied cults in college, I'm not kidding. I, <laughs> um, we found that cult was actually just a pejorative term, and that sometimes it's just like a lovely group of people. Okay? That is true. That That's is what true. her cult class taught her. <laughs> That's what her cult yeah. taught her. That is true. I think it's politics of the apocalypse that we studied cults in. Um, anyway, I, that is I true. But a like lot of cults are guys... very bad. <laughs> I feel like hearing you guys talk about this, like, are all cults bad, is, like, hearing Tobias talk to Lindsay in Arrested Development about an open marriage. Like, does it work? He's like, no, never. But for us, I think it could. (laughs) But for us, this cult would not be creepy. It'd be fine. Join us. The water feels great. The space feels great. The Kool-Aid's delicious. So, guys, my first impression of this movie was the trailer. Um, I saw it. I thought it immediately looked amazing. The second that Linda Hamilton came on screen, I was like, yes. And then no one talked about this movie, and I didn't see it because I assumed it was bad. And I'm going to say right now, I feel like that was a mistake. So that was my first impression of what was yours. I mean, basically the same. I feel I feel like it wasn't even necessarily that people said it was, or like I assumed people said it was bad. I felt like I just lost, it got like lost in the sauce. Like I just, yeah. I knew it yeah. was coming out. I knew I wanted to see it. It was pre-COVID times, so I would have felt comfortable going to a movie theater. Yes, but, yes, yes. Uh, but like now, I, now, so when when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is very enjoyable." And then I went back, and it seemed like it got somewhat mixed reviews, but generally positive. It was just like yeah. there was no buzz about it, just, it. It just wasn't like a masterpiece the way that they said Fury Road was and Logan, which I've heard uh, it was a little bit um, made because of those two movies oh i mean like fury road i think is a superior movie to this for sure yeah no well uh, they both are it's funny you know i thought about when you asked me like if i preferred 
T2 to um, this movie, and I was like, I mean, I don't think so, but this movie's great. And then I watched them both again, and I'm like, no, I mean, T2's an amazing movie. Yeah, know? it's not but, an instant but this classic. Is, but like this T2 is a is. lot of fun. Yeah. Like, there are some issues This is a very it, good this movie. This is a good, fun time, and yeah, it's definitely a good movie. It's not well, like just like... A fun movie that's bad. It's it's a it's a good movie. Well, and you know? I think I talked about this on the last one. Um, but like part of the whole issue with this, like some of the things I read were like the producers and people involved in making Dark Fate were like the Joker came out at the same time and like yeah. everyone just watched that. So Yeah. It, yeah. They felt like I think the direct quote was well, like that was, the Joker that was sucked the oxygen out of the room. Yeah, so. and the Joker wasn't just a conversation because of the movie. It was a conversation because, like, um, it was released around the anniversary of the Aurora shooting. And, like, there are people, like, going to that theater and, like, interviewing people. Like, it was it was a bigger story in general than just the movie. So even though the Joker sucked <clears throat> at me, I still fucking dare it. you. I still um, haven't seen it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm not that it's interested. It's fine. It's entertaining enough. But, like, it's not... a you know i i that was another it's not a movie we needed you this, know what i mean this movie like the opposite <laughs> problem happened i remember seeing the preview for the joker and being like no one asked not no one not a single person asked for not this not a single person asked for this movie but i but like i'm listening like i was like willing to see it i was like this seems like an interesting take i was i'm very here for superhero movies about villains like i'm very yeah, here for yeah, that yeah. Yeah. so like it definitely was like intrigued me and then when i saw heard all the buzz it like totally turned me off like i was like yeah i'm not, not into it not into it this does not sound like something i want which makes me now wonder if i watched it without the buzz i would be like i mean that was fine whatever <laughs> i don't i don't I, know I, no that's exactly that i think that that is exactly the level it's fine yeah it's solidly fine I don't understand like why people think it's better than fine but it's it's fine yeah Walking well. Phoenix was a fine performance it's a fine movie like I don't know that I need to see in a bunch of movies about like mentally ill men who get violent like there is like kind of not <laughs> there's not a dearth of that story for me so also yeah. like uh, ment- like violence is not a mental illness so Correct. No, but it is. That's Fuck why we off. can't have gun control rules Fuck because, off. like, you know, um, rules, rules. I meant laws, rules. Also, the world is a complicated place, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix eats meat if he's in an airport. So, the world is strange. <laughs> he does. That is known. He is. He is Wait, sober and the- a vegan, but when he flies, he drinks and he eats meat. I mean, I don't. Before Corona, I didn't sober, day way. drink unless I was in an airport. So I guess there you that's- go. Yeah, go. no, that that was a rule that Megan and I both have have always had for ourselves. Which <laughs> Why is, would I fly if is, I can't be there drunk? There are no <laughs> rules in a plane, you know? There's no rules at an airport. Well, what's funny is, like, we've never been, like, drunk. Dr- like, there are people who, like, get kicked off of planes or not allowed to board, you know? Like, I don't think that you guys are, like, getting on and you're like, oh, let me tell you another thing. Like, I, I understand think what you're talking about. We're lucky yeah. that when we get when I get drunk, I get kind of chatty and then tired. So. Yeah, you just yeah, go to sleep. Exactly, chatty than tired. What up? So, but you, up, so girl? you understand where uh, Monsieur Phoenix is coming from. There ain't no rules when you're in the sky. Yeah. Have I that mean, burger. It's like international waters. Yeah, <laughs> those cows don't cry if it's in the sky. They it's can't fine. cry in space. Mm-hmm. They can't follow you. <laughs> in in first class, no one can hear their screams. It's fine. <laughs> oh man. 
Especially with that double mirror. I mean, come on, guys. Um, Black all right. mirror. Anyway, Mary, so you said that this was the opposite for you? Like, Oh, this is the opposite for me. I was excited about it, and then there was no buzz, so, like, I just didn't follow up on it. <laughs> like, I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. but, so it was sort of like a... That was me, too. That yeah. was me, too. I was really excited about it, and then there was no buzz, and I was like, I guess it probably sucked. But I'm glad we watched it now, and I, I think that it deserves more eyes on it. If people haven't seen it... One thousand percent especially in the context of like of 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 the original two megan what did you think um honestly i didn't know it existed until we talked about watching it for the pod (laughs) that's how little buzz it had i'm not surprised i mean yeah you're not i'm not surprised either well and i'm someone i honestly think you're getting popcorn when i saw the trailer and like he came back and i was like because because I'm really weird about trailers and movies, and so my sister is really sweet, and we'll get the popcorn oh while I watch the trailers. Unbearable, I thing. think, is weird. <laughs> but that Unbearable is... <laughs> is probably the right word. Kate, um, you know you can watch trailers like any old time. Like, no, I know, don't it's, have no. to see it's, a movie. It's you get to do. If you get to the but, theater but after the lights enough. have dimmed, have... Kate is going to lose her fucking mind. <laughs> Okay, Mary also does know that, but, like, yeah. Mary, like, I don't have you and Thomas to just sit and watch trailers with me. Most people don't like doing that. My friend Pranav did, and then he moved to Seattle. Such so, like, without you all, like... Those people is are... That a co- is that a coincidence? Is it a coincidence that everyone who watched trailers with you doesn't live near you anymore, Kate? Okay. Gross. Oh, oh damn. No. Rude. Oh, damn. Rude. Kate, Kate, I promise that I will make a special trailer watching date with you during this time, and we will distance love remote that. watch uh-huh. trailers. Let's move to a plot overview so we can, like, dive right in. Picking up right after the end of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, uh, Sarah is with her son, John Connor, down in Guatemala. And having... Defeated Skynet, they are hiding, but happily so. When suddenly a T-800, not the one we saw who died, but another one, because the robot forces sent both a T-1000 and a T-800 and probably some other robots, finds John and assassinates him. Sarah says she has been terminated. We flash forward years later, and a blonde, beautiful woman falls from the sky. And then so does a violent, vicious, not uh, a mimetic alloy, but some other kind of Terminator. And suddenly we're on the same path, except that we're trying to save Danny, a Latinx woman who is possibly going to birth the next savior, or maybe she's the savior herself. But without the help of Sarah Connor and Carl, the former Terminator, they're not going to get far. Here we are with Dark Fate in the darkest timeline. Dun, 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 dun. Terminator doesn't really have iconic music in it. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Like, like I can't like, hum the Terminator theme, can you? Like, it's like this, it's like these, like, 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 like their drums. It's very staccato. You know why they probably can't afford their own, um, scores? Like, original, like, you know, defining yeah. scores. It's because they have spent all their budget once again on skulls and fire. So many wow. skulls. I like have a lot of notes about the skulls after our last conversation. It, it does that. seem it does seem like they finally splurged on the whole skeleton. I feel like I saw more hands. Yes, and you legs. see a lot more ribbage. A lot, lot of rib cages. Rib, ribbage. A lot of, a lot rib, of cages. rib cages. Not a lot of pelvises. This is a movie for children, Mary. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Right. We can't risk a child being turned on by a bony by a pelvis. skeletal pelvis, <laughs> disembodied. Yeah. That's where genitals right. genitals are on the outside of that. Um, yeah, but they, it seems like they it seems like they went out and they were like, you know what? We don't think that the Terminators are only shooting people to dust in saving their heads. Like, that's not the only thing. This is something not that I picked up on because I am a honky and don't know any better. But I read a lot of reviews written by Latinx people, um, and this movie apparently gets some serious shade for not being shot in Mexico City. It's shot in, somewhere in Spain, is what the Weird. review I read yeah. said. Yeah, no. We've got like two whole continents here that they could have done that on. I know, right? Very Uh, odd. Or I would assume it was like, I mean, like, I don't think it's as crazy as them going to Toronto. But I was like, why did they just shoot in L.A. then? Like, come on. So, like, I do not, my eyes and ears are not attuned to this as someone who, this is their culture, uh, but... Of course, of course, of course. But I do appreciate that there are viewers who are like, yeah, this ain't Mexico City. It's weird. (laughs) So, I thought that was interesting. If you live in not New York or L.A. and you live in America... To have one of your cities highlighted in a film is a little bit special. And then Mm -hmm. it's always funny to see how they get it wrong. So I fully understand because, like, when I watch movies that are set in Milwaukee, I'm like, that's not what that looks like. Well, and especially since I think this movie is a little bit like representation. Those things, those details do matter, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100% they do. Um, Um, But what I did like is I did like watching this movie, and I would recommend to all listeners do this as like a movie marathon make some popcorn on the stove with lots of butter and watch t2 and then watch this right afterwards because they're in nice conversation with each other and there's they lots of such a nice conversation yeah and there's other. lots of nice little like callbacks in this so uh, many to yep. it which is so like yeah, no, lovely. It's, it's it's why when i saw it i'm like we have to do these yeah two. what were your guys's favorite callbacks I'm sorry. I love Sarah Connor's delivery of I'll Be Back. Very very cute. Yep. That's a great one. Love her. I'll be back. It's not hit as hard as that, but like when later Carl says like, I won't be back, I was like, oh, Oh, like so much. I know it's heart. It's heartbreaking. But it's not like it's not hit the same way. Um, No, 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 no. I I liked the opening shots because like I said, the opening shots of T2 with the metal foot crushing the skull is so iconic. And then to have this one um, after John Connor is assassinated, having like the same kind of image of the metal feet, like walking up the like skull beach was really cool. And I just love that, like, the T-800, like, he cannot keep an arm on. Like, he cannot keep it together no matter what. Like I had that written down, too. I was like, man, those things just pop right off. Yeah, so my note just says, off. keep it together. <laughs> like, he just God. can't. Yeah. He must have really yeah. weak elbow joints. Like, that must be a, a design flaw. At one point, he, like, snaps his, like, leg joint. So I think that it's almost, like, actually a conversation. He might be, he might be like a G.I. Joe, you know? Like, they're not as built as tough as, as Barbie because they were articulated. So you could, like, sure. snap their arms yep. and legs off yeah. really easily. Um, yep. My favorite one was I like... And I feel like this is, I liked the moment, there were kind of a lot of moments where I felt like there was sort of like resolution with with threads that they started in T2. And my favorite one is the fact that at the end, Danny is watching Grace uh, through a chain link fence at a a playing. And that's like, that's Mm -hmm. like the carefree childhood that Sarah dreamed of for John. 
but 100%. now Danny is is making it happen for Grace. Like I I loved that. I got like goosebumps at that moment. I felt like I mean everything about that scene is so good. Beautiful. Because you also have like Sarah Connor getting to like she doesn't have to be Danny's mom, so no. she doesn't have to come up short. Yep. But she gets to be her mentor in a really effective and good and supportive way. Yeah, way or like, that, like she wasn't a great mom to John, yeah. but like she could have been like a great mentor. She is that for Danny. They get I, to be partners. I, I see. Yeah, like, I see them as peers because I feel like Danny. That's what, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm. Yeah, neither one of them, neither one of them depends on the other necessarily, but no, they both, no. they both they need both, each other. They both respect and need each other. They both yeah. need I, each other. I mean, we'll get into this with her. And I think that that's what Sarah Connor kind of needed from John, which isn't fair, you know, for yeah. him a kid. But like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we'll, but she finally is able to have that in a healthy way. We'll get into it with redemption. I do think like Sarah's view of Danny, though, is like not quite the same as just someone to be mentored. Like I like she even says. Well, in the I, movie, think, like, I think I think I think it gets later there, um, you know, like yeah, I think yeah. I think she I think she comes around. I think she is projecting oh. the past so heavily well but we'll get we'll get there and one of the big callbacks that I actually wrote down was like um the scene where Grace is yelling at Danny for saving Sarah it's like almost yep. the exact same phrasing that Sarah used in T2 With, to John yes when he comes and gets her from the uh the mental right uh, it's like you're too yeah. important you can't be doing this and in both situations like it's someone trying to save Sarah who is like too like too important for that but it's interesting because in that scene like grace is kind of reaming out danny she's crying just like john did like tearful like mm-hmm. macho like not saying anything but in this i i felt like sarah almost begrudgingly is like no yeah sarah she's does, right like yeah, she can sarah, see what's happening I yeah i don't know if it's even begrudging it's like almost like she feels like she just suddenly like, that she feels weird that she didn't see the board as clearly as Grace's, because that's her role. Oh, so I, it's I like, definitely... It's almost like a... Yeah. Like a... Passing of the yeah. baton. I felt like it was, like, for her, it was like, I'm seeing the same pattern again. And, like... I, I definitely had that read, too. I thought that she was basically, like, she was begrudging, but she's like, but living your life this way is no way to live. I know, because it has destroyed my life. By like yeah. deciding I was that my life is not that important compared to another person's, and not being able to be grateful for, to that person for like saving me is not healthy. Like I, that's kind of no. the thing I read from it, where she's like, Grace is technically right, but like coming from s- someone who has lived this life a really long time, like not this is this is no way for this you. This is a not a good life. This is yeah. not a good life. Like like she she danny should have the autonomy to save who she wants you know like that kind of thing. which and sh- and, well, and and she luckily gets in a really yeah. powerful way but yeah. i know i'm jumping should we go ahead Trans- i was gonna transition dive us. into yeah. themes and then and then we can talk about all this stuff right. open us up with some fun cake all right. To get, to get us started, I'm gonna I'm gonna root us in our our technology and time travel. First off, the Terminator technology looks beautiful. Like the new Terminator, the Rev Nine, has this really cool kind of like, it's not a mimetic alloy. My one complaint about this movie is that they don't actually like, I think think through the tech as well as Terminator Two Judgment Day does. Mm, like, okay, they have beautiful sure. representations, but I don't I don't know how this uh like what this thing is made of uh it makes sense logically that when it is in contact with something it can like 
pull itself along. It looks very, very cool. It reminds me also of like the oil monster thing from like X Files. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a perfect com- like conflagration of like nightmares and technology in a really beautiful, fascinating way. With all that said, like first we don't know what the we we never get told what the material is. We know that Grace is an augment, but like that's kind of all we know. Like a cybernetic organism was more information than we get about like what Grace is. That's 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 fine. I'm not like upset about it. But um at one point she takes Sarah Connor's phone and uh opens up the back and Sarah's like, What are you doing? She says future shit and like that's lazy writing. What I'm saying is I think that the place where this movie's laziest is, is with the tech. I'd agree. Like, with, which is funny because visually, visually, they, like, the way, whoever figured out the interaction design of the technology deserves a goddamn medal. Like, it is beautiful. It makes sense logically, with the way that this thing moves, the way that this thing comes apart and comes back together. I think that that is fascinating and well done. But any of the world building... Like, T2 did not as good a job at the visuals and, like, the concept design of the T-1000. But the world building and the story, they did great, you know? And it's frustrating to me that this kind of inverts that because I wanted to be able to do both. It's not, like, a thing that, like, I think ruins the movie. And it has – and there are more things I want to talk about with technology in terms of, like, themes. But, like – in terms of like just this tactical nuts and bolts thing, do you all have anything you want to add? I, it didn't really bother. I mean, like it is lazy writing. It didn't really bother me that she was like future shit. I was like, ha, huh, they don't want to. They don't really want to explain it. That's no, it's fine. it's funny and, and that's it's, fine. And it's like a laugh line that didn't bother me. What bothered me more is I felt like I felt like when when I went into it and uh, and you had told me it was great, I was really excited because I was like, well, T two had so many great like fight scene ideas and and there are spectacular yeah. things that happen in this movie. Spectacular fight scene, like that first one when they're in the factory. I think yes, that's incredibly. Beautiful. That's probably the best the car chase one is I think very cool. The also car chase one is very, but very reminiscent. Yeah, like it's not showing yeah, anything no, it's, necessarily it's, it's new, referential. which is fine. Well, I think I think that the thing coming off of him and like when we see him first well, and her throwing two, and her throwing the rebar like yes like uh, no, that spears that cool. whole yeah that it's whole cool. scene it's is nothing... what i'm talking about that moment is like for me the the thing that makes that that stuff i like the underwater yeah. fight scenes too like i thought that the whole mm-hmm. thing sure. with the parachute was cool um and i like i i didn't really mind so he's like he's like liquid metal but he has like a a, a, t, a t 800 skeleton underneath Right? Yeah. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. Th- he's he's a he's a twofer kind of. Thing. I thought that that was okay too. I thought that that made sense and like you can like conceptualize it as like a the next gen or like yeah. a different way of going about this because like it, it's almost like um, I think they wanted and I like how they use it where sometimes he like splits apart and then they like both fight her on different sides like they do that underwater and that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, it's very cool. I think it's just not as effective because I don't know as much about Legion and their relationship to humanity as I did about Skynet. Sure. And that is actually yeah. where the lazy writing like bothers me a little bit cuz I think that they just want you to be like, "Oh, it's like it's it's basically summed up by Sarah being like, those damn bastards are doing it again." I don't know why I made her sound like she's from yeah. Brooklyn, but I love that <laughs> idea. I mean, she does have like kind of like a, a raspy. Rougher, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a, yeah, a raspy 
older woman. She's voice been chain smoking for a really minute. Into it. Right. Yeah. But like, so, but like, we don't really know what, what Legion, why, how Legion came to be, how it we, went. We, we, we do. But how do, do why, I don't think we do. Yeah. Why? How? All right. So Legion was created by the military. It was, uh, their, um, a military, like tactical strike program. That, like, was an AI that they just kept on, like, upgrading to the point where it became sentient. Okay. But, and then it, like, but went to kill humans. Did so anyone like, ever say it was sentient? Like, I felt like it was just sort of, like, and you know the rest. Like, you know what Yeah. Happens. I felt like it was very. Obviously. Okay. I, I think felt it was very glossed. Well, I mean, but that's not even, I guess, my, my beef. Like, the reason Skynet is scary is because it took something that we are afraid of, right? And basically, like, yeah. sent nukes, and then there was a strike against us, and then the machines came, and they just exterminated all of us, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's okay, but, like, but like, just be like, it's a military AI, and it got really powerful, and now it's killing everybody. Like, I felt like there needed to be, there needed to be, like, the reason the first one works is because everyone is a little bit afraid of nukes, right? Like, that's a scary yeah. concept, and the idea that we... I mean, we're still afraid of nukes, yeah, though, aren't no. we? Yeah. Of course, but like this was I mean, even more potent for like people who experienced who experienced um, world the wars cold firsthand, war. right? Like, well, yeah. like our generation war, that was the whole deal, like right, and the Cold War, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I, but, I just feel like we're it, still in twenty twenty. We we're still afraid. I feel like we're almost constantly in a Cold War. We're, yeah, yeah, but like so, but I think the idea of like. Like there's there's more like mutually assured destruction is more of a thing. Ninety nine no. luff balloons has not just come out. Like the idea of yeah. like countries not really knowing what they're doing. We, we're almost jaded to the idea now. We're like, yeah, that's absolutely what would happen. But it was still like a existential threat in in like forefront people's minds. Like like that countries wouldn't really know what they were doing. They would just send these incredibly powerful, very scary weapons across without knowing anything about them, and like we would just all blow up, right? Yeah. And we now, like, don't really. We just know. We don't really have that with with um, with Legion, and I think it's a missed place because I think you could have had, like, that's where a lot of the sharp social critic, like, commentary and mm -hmm. criticism from T two comes from. It's like we did this, the humans did this. So just to be like humans in their desire to create artificial intelligence, just don't check themselves. It's not as cool as it being like, yo, AIs are ra like, for example. AIs are racists, and we are ra can be programmed to be racist. It's a very real problem. You should read about it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's right? that's yeah. That's we a, work that's in a, Mary and I work in tech. That's, that's a like very, a real thing. Implicit bias. Very real thing. Too. Very real thing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the Black Lives Matter movement has made it even more of a real thing. Um, yeah. Than it's ever been before. But like a bunch of white people in California are developing these AIs, and they show these computers lots of pictures of white people. And they don't show them a bunch of pictures of anybody else. And yeah, no, there it there was creates implicit bias. Yeah, but yeah, there was a program that was created recently <clears throat> that was used as an example in the design community of like what not to do, because like you would enter in like a pixelated photo of like Barack Obama, and like the whole point was that this photo this program could like unpixelate and it would it would be a white person. Yeah, and you any any black person you put in it would be a white person by the end of it. Yeah, it was Why? just like fucking bizarre uh i'll um, tell you why because uh, uh this there's been a study done on this i think it's 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 somewhere between 86 and 89 percent of the people working on this are white guys that's why mm -hmm. they don't think about it 
So yeah, and so, so so if we're gonna have a movie with so many Latinx characters, it would have been it would have made sense. It would have made rich sense. opportunity to talk about right. Yeah, and You're then right. you could have had a thing where it's like okay, so then they were they replaced border control, and they were in, and they were racist robots because they were targeting Latinx people or something. I don't know. It doesn't really matter how you set this up but then you could just be like eventually we all start looking the same they were programmed to be racist and they're just racist against humans and they killed us all like that would be way better like richer and that's just like kind of me spitballing based on the political commentary i see in this movie but i feel like it feels so so soft that i'm like did they have a punch here that then they were like "Ooh, let's pull back on this (laughs) like we don't really want to offend anybody Like yeah. we don't really I get that feeling from this movie a lot. Me too. That yeah. they that they they like pull their punch at the last second and the this is a place where it really bothers me because I think it's it's you know it makes the movie worse than it could be. It's tech and storytelling like one of the big notes I had was I felt like the story was so interesting and complex really if you think about it that sometimes some of the tech stuff like just seemed like almost to detract from it at the very least not to contribute like um can you give an example well so i i think the imagery in the first scene is like very inspiring right like this new terminator for lack of a better word that we've never seen before can separate into two um but then there were a lot of scenes that just felt like maybe I'm just delusional, but unlike T2, it didn't feel like there were a lot of just like, this is an action scene, so we can say we have an action scene. And I felt like there were a lot of those in that. The shots in the airplane where they're, it's like on fire, and there's also like, people are shooting, I don't know. Like it's on, it didn't feel like it contributed. It just kind of felt like it was there while I was waiting for other things to happen. I recognize that I am not the target viewer, which we'll get to later, of a movie like this. But so I may be more sensitive to this than than most or like or sensitive in a way that they're like, we don't care what you think. But I also got action fatigue while I watched this movie, which which is like where it's like, I'm just like, oh, it's another action scene. I feel like I mean, I know that that's the point of an action movie. But I did think I did think that the airplane hangar fight was like, oh, like half again too long, you know? Yeah. I think that there just could have been some more breathing room. I feel like in T2, we had some nice moments where there was sort of like exposition or like like some more internal moments and and it, it enriched the story and it made the action scenes even more punchy when they happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, like, great because I could work on my outline and my notes for this. But, like, it <laughs> did not. I didn't feel like it had anything. Yeah. Kate, I think, disagrees with both of us. No, no, no. I, I can see that. Um, I, I enjoy action. Uh, I understand that there were a lot of scenes the first time. I loved every second of it. The second time, I was like, I understand that some people might feel like this is long. Tech in general, though, um, I think it's interesting because it's just uh, kind of like this there's a fatalistic edge to the Terminator franchise in terms of everything that came after T2 because the idea is that like it doesn't matter what you do Mm -hmm. you know the doom is always coming what I liked about this is it wasn't like it was a different doom like we ended Skynet Skynet is gone I like I did like Um, that yeah uh and like I loved that moment where like Sarah's like 
Skynet, you know, the program that's killing everyone. And he's like, I don't know. What you're ta- not Danny. Grace is like, I don't know what you're talking Grace about. Grace is this like, all right, nut job. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's no, insane. But, 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 <laughs> but that, like, okay, I feel like that was, Sarah was saying that as a test. Like, that was her way of being like, I need you to confirm that at least hmm. something that John did huh. meant something. I could buy that. Skynet, the AI that's trying to wipe us all out. I've never heard of it. Good. John and I changed that. We changed the future. Saved three billion lives. <laughs> You're welcome. The way she responded even wasn't like a, huh. It was like a, good. That's what okay. I wanted to hear. Yeah, you can, my you've convinced me. I kind of thought it was like, when she did that, I was like, oh, Sarah. Like, gr- gr- Grandpa doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> like, like she's like the only I mean, way. I, I definitely think that's the way that Grace is writing her off in yeah. these moments. But I think that, I think Sarah's or, like. Or just that. She, she doesn't have any information. Like, she's killing any Terminator that comes. She's yeah. not asking them questions. Correct. You know? Correct. Well, so she's, this she's, is the first time she's getting information, which is what she clearly craves but sure not enough to keep a terminator alive mm-hmm. when they come but I, I i can see that like kind of seeking that validation that that makes me yeah. that ma- that makes the scene feel richer to me so i accept like i'm like all right yeah, yeah i thought it was more like i thought it was more like a a moment where it's like to the audience like remember because skynet because john and like i was like oh i mean all right whatever yes we no, do yeah remember. I, I definitely didn't see it that way like i uh, like later on we see sarah like Sarah, who uh, I don't know if we've introduced her character, but if you didn't listen to our T2 podcast and for some reason haven't seen any of these movies but are listening to this one. First of all, uh, okay, Mother crazy. of John Connor. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what you're doing with your life, but uh, Mother mother of John Connor uh, from the first two movies. I think when she when she projects onto Danny who Danny must be, like yeah. that's 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 what you all are picking up on. Like mm-hmm. that's real. But like. But that's that's a different thing entirely. I do think that Sarah pretty much contextualizes everything that's happening as if it is the same thing that happened before, which I don't think is well, unfair. That's her only reality. Fair, yeah. Which I don't think is unfair because that's yeah. how most people do. But um, and and I and I also feel like it's a little moment of fan service isn't quite the right way, but it's a little bit of a way of being like, see the bridge? Yes, you know what's going on here. We don't have to explain too much to yeah. you, like. Yeah, but I also don't think it like it doesn't work for her character because like at that point it's no, like, it's not a critique at all for me. I'm I'm yeah. just saying like I yeah. think no, 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 no. I think course. it's a it, it it's, does a dual purpose. Yeah, it's a narrative. It, it's a smart narrative move on their part to be like it's not bleak. Skynet like John's John. What John and Sarah and um, the original Terminator or I guess the Terminator Part Two, um, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did matter? It's not. It's not. Uh, it doesn't have the problem. Yeah, that hasn't been erased. It doesn't have the problem of the new Star Wars movies where it's like, hey, all those things those guys did, it what didn't matter. Like, which yeah, bothered me deeply. Because if we lose this fight, then no matter what, everything yep. like all the stakes are exactly the same. No, it's you're right. That's it, it, that is. I think what I thought was so strong about this movie is yeah, it honored like, the original shit just text. Keep the, yeah. Yep. Shit's just shit just keeps on happening. We're honoring the original text, but like it is a fatalistic franchise a little bit for a franchise that is about like you make your own fate and like a lot of great stories is around the idea of choice. But like we have um we have this interesting tension that we always have where like humans create a technology, that technology is destructive, humans 
like with another technology destroy that technology yeah. i guess the first terminator is like well time travel time travel is the technology that humans use to like destroy like the technology so there's this interesting like mix but we also have like just this great use of like the existential threat of technology like the omniscient presence like you have sarah who's like you don't understand this world you're keeping phones on you. You're getting tracked everywhere. Keep it in a chip bag. Preach, like preach, Sarah. Tell them. Yeah. Tell them what's up. Keep it in a chip bag. But then you have, like, when she finds, when she's, like, talks to Carl. <clears throat> Dear God, I love the, the, the second T-800, the one that killed John's name is Carl. Um, Cute. That's maybe one of the best things in the world. But when she's talking to Carl and Carl's like, oh, yeah, I know who we're going to go see. It's the army guy that you meet with on a regular basis, the Air Force guy. Yeah, and it she's also, like, you've been tracking me, he says. You've been tracking me? You want to keep your phone in a bag of potato chips, then keep your phone in a bag of potato chips. Okay, <laughs> my note immediately after seeing that was, <laughs> what have the foil hats been for? Like, what are we even doing if that's think about, like... <laughs> think about all the wasted aluminum for no reason. Yeah, like it's... I know. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's sad. Yeah, I mean no, it's, I, I, it's funny to you guys. To me, I was like, so what can I do? <laughs> I, no, but I that, that's the point, Megan. Is it's supposed to feel like an existential threat? That's I thought of you exactly because the point is, you can be a Sarah Connor. You can try and do everything right. The bottom line is, though, it is it is it an existential matter. threat. Yeah, <laughs> it kind well, of I, but I think it also cuts Sarah. Sarah gets to be very savvy for a lot of this movie because she's kind of like grace except she's been she's been through this already so she kind of has that over yeah she's the human version of like full human well she's like she's like grace like many decades older and then so i think that sarah gets to be like right a lot and i do like that she doesn't get to be right about that like it's like because she's so condescending to danny when in that moment she's like you idiot for having a phone and danny's like i'm sorry i didn't even know that i needed to work about any of this stuff as of th- like half an hour ago so no yeah like she's so condescending and i just love the idea that, she, that carl's like yeah no girl you also don't know what's going on <laughs> it's fine this is the only place i can think of that we can talk about the rev 9 and the performance of the rev 9 this is a very different kind of terminator so yeah. we got to talk about him <laughs> like did you yeah dive in okay of course uh gabriel luna is a wonderful actor He's a fellow Texan. Like, I'm on board with him. <laughs> Did... I, love, I love his uh, code switching with his accents and stuff. Well, it's great. I didn't like it initially. I didn't like that he wasn't inhuman and menacing. I thought he talked too much. I was like, I'm not afraid of this one. Like, he's too human feeling to me. And the fact that he was oh, inhabiting he's scared of me. a Latino man's body for most of it, like, was in the vestige sure. of, I was like... They're just trying to, like, fuzz up the edge of their political commentary by being like, no, 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 like, she's a Latino woman, but, like, the bad guy's also a Latino man, so, like, I don't know. Like, that felt bad to me. The Rev-9, I thought, was really interesting. I liked that he was, like, Latino-coded also. Um, And I think, like, it his whole deal fed into the theme of humanity, which for me was, like, a big overarching theme. Mm -hmm. Because he's, like... He looks like he's human, and he does love the superficial bullshit that we think nice people do. Like, he falls into that shed and is like, sorry about your shed. And he says, like, please and thank you a lot, and he's very polite. But, like, that's as far as, like, being human goes for him, you know, is, like, 
very skin deep and su- superficial. Yeah, he he knows the etiquette, unlike the T eight hundred and T two. Um, but that doesn't make him care right. about humans. Yeah. So yeah. I found him it actually much kind of scarier. like reinforces how evil other humans can be. Like, yeah, you know that like just because you 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 talk the talk, you walk the walk, doesn't make you any less. And and I think the way he like kind of slipped right in and fit in and the detention center really underlined that for me like yeah well he's supposed to be almost more human than human like uh, kate mentioned the code switching like he changes his accent to like make people feel comfortable and things like that yeah to me to me that is another place where i was like they cut something because that is such an intentional choice and such a departure from the way that we're supposed to see um so it's from what we understand yeah, of I, these I, robots. I missed, I missed, and it's silly, I never missed exposition, but I missed the exposition we got in T2 where we explained the technology, the evolution, whatever. Well, you right. Know what I well, mean? if we knew how yeah. Legion developed, we would understand why he was this way. But instead, yeah. it's just kind of, he is this way. And, and I think the inferences you guys like, are making. Like, even if we had, like, while we were studying Legion, Legion was studying us too. You know, even that. As or like a line Legion became more human like, than human, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like I think that that would have helped, but it's just kind of there. And I think I think the inferences you guys are making are strong and correct. Like I think it is supposed to be scary to us that he does fit in better than the humans we're watching. He does. He can. He holds power by disarming people by like you know speaking softly to them or dropping into an accent and like the idea that a machine would do that so that they didn't have to necessarily use brute force all the time which is like what the terminators do right yeah that that is scary but without the backstory i'm kind of just like i mean okay sure yeah (laughs) like yeah that that moment that moment when he uh gets on the radio and is talking about how like grace and and Sarah and Danny and you know Danny's uncle are all like members of a gang and you can use deadly force like that moment where like you see like how easily like that felt like a commentary on like powers power structures like the way that like just just by being in the right place at the right time with the right language he can put a bunch of people in mortal peril was was pretty cool. right and uh, an anonymous but, voice on a radio really like yes yeah yes but that was enough yeah i guess and that's i i agree i wish i wish i'd had the background story of like to yeah. get there well and um, even I, that would have made it stronger but i still felt like that was it, it's a powerful. it's a smart choice i just feel like they pulled punches on it I, I i almost think the militarization of them makes me feel like if this was like a bureaucratic tool that would chill me more to see uh, that this I is what that. happens with them. You know what I mean? But the like, overt yeah. violence yep. kind of detracts from that a little. Yeah, but like being like these were designed to kill. Like if it was more just like because he's like he's like bureaucratically ruthless. Like he he is so powerful. He could just like rip all those people's heads off, no problem. But instead, yeah. he's like she's dangerous because she's in a gang. And then the fact that he's also a Latinx person and so it's I, that confused me about it I think that they could have and I understand like I don't want uh, Luna to like lose out on a paycheck I'm happy he, he made the money like good for him get it boy yeah, but yeah. 
But at the same time, like, if he switched races to make people feel more comfortable, to, like, mirror them, I think that would have been interesting. Like... 100%. You know what I mean? It's hard for me to believe that, like, yeah. at the border detention facility, that, like, just by switching his accent, he'd be able to get, like, a helicopter. Like, I needed to see him kill those guys or change races because those are some racist white people he's talking to. And I just felt you like a I mean? pulled punch. Yeah. Like, yeah. or, like, the scene. Yeah, I agree with that. Or the that s- moment, like, literally stuck out to me. Yeah. Or even the scene where, um, where Danny is talking to, uh, the black, uh, like, guard, right? And that moment I was also like, this is this is weird. Like they've kind of gone out of their way. They made her her uncaring boss white. They make the the blonde woman who's like, it's not they're not prisoners, they're detainees, like white, which was felt smart to me. Like that's all great. Yeah. But then then to be like, no, 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 but black people are also imprisoning these people. And I know that that's like a reality, I suppose, but because like Well that we're all I yeah, we're all, all com- cogs in a machine. We're of, all complicit. Of, of oppression. Yes. Yeah. But like it just felt. But, but it would be great if we had black characters that weren't just well. That it felt like a softening of the edges of that. Like what is what is the face of power that puts these people into this situation? It's not a black face. It's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yep. And and we should. I think we shouldn't be pointed about that. I get that. Yeah. I, I I think that there was stuff that was cut that would have helped me understand this character more and be more afraid of him. Instead, I was like, the military seems like weirdly tactical now for for a creature that's just like decimate all humans. Like, let's just kill them yeah. all. Which is the yep. future we see with Grace. So one of the themes that we have all noticed in this movie is motivation and duty and redemption. Um, and in many ways, like, duty and redemption are like the driving forces of all of our characters. For the new school, we yeah, have like purpose, right? For the new school, like we've got Grace and Danny, and they're both here because of duty, um, because of duty really that they have to people in the future. Grace owes everything, her life, her skills, to Danny for saving a teenage Grace in the future that will come, um, and in the future and in the current times, Danny is willing to do whatever she needs to do to protect humanity. Um, and to honor those who have died for her, like her dad and her brother. Um, Danny, from the very beginning, is really positioned to be an advocate for humanity against the machines, right? We see her pushing against the factory, replacing human workers with machines. Um, and we also know that she can't drive a car, so she's very much aligned with the anti-kind of machine movement, it feels like. Um, I, I, I do I love you're absolutely right with that read but I do like the idea that she's like I don't even know how to drive a car I hate machines that much I also thought that was cool because she like builds cars all day but she yeah herself I know I was like car. I was like girl you work in a, a factory <laughs> like that's yeah that's like what you do I think you're it's like, like com- a human machine yeah I think it's like commentary too where it's like she builds the thing that she will never be able to afford <laughs> like yeah that's yeah, messed absolutely. up it's messed up yeah. absolutely well and yeah Totally. So I, I liked that part about Danny and where she's positioned. Grace is is really interesting to me because she's motivated to protect Danny, right? Because Danny protects her in the future. And we see even in the like kind of flash forward scenes, um, it wasn't till the second watch that I realized that what they're doing on this mission that we see Grace on is they're moving Danny's like injured body back to base. Mm-hmm. Um so she's mm-hmm. like protecting her in the future. She's protecting her now. She it's like an 
a completely encompassing selfless selfless need for her it seems um which i thought was really cool but also, it, but it also, also puts, in that um, moment that's the moment that grace says like make me part machine like yeah. that's yeah. that's when make you should augment. Do, right because she felt like she like even though they were like yeah you saved her the commander's still alive good for you she's like i wasn't enough Right. Well, and I also think to prepare, like, I think there is, I mean, maybe this is not something she could possibly know, but I think it's also to, like, prepare for this mission. Like, she would have to do this. Well, yeah. Well, I think that they knew that there was a a mission coming, and so, and they wanted to send Augment, so, like, that was her being, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I, as my current self, I'm not enough, so make me this thing, and I'll do that. And also, make me something, make me something that I fear and loathe. Like these machines, yeah. like it's a selfless act of like becoming becoming the thing you never wanted to become. That's why she's so. Yeah. When people like ask her what she is, which is a dehumanizing question anyway, so like obviously anyone would be mad. But she's like really pissed about it. She's like, I am still a human being, even though I have yeah. metal mesh skin. Yeah. Who gave you permission to look at my private parts? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so. Yes, like, she's becoming part human to be more than herself to protect Danny. But it's also interesting to me that, like, by becoming part machine, by embracing the machine, it's it's really killing her. Like, she cannot yeah. live long like that, right? Um, so it's like, I think most of the characters, if not all of them, as they're, like, as they move on this continuum between human and machine, the closer they get to machine, the closer they get to failure and dying and... Um, and like yeah just failure I guess who else is on this continuum can you speak a little bit more to that well so like I think Danny is like I already talked about she's pretty far on the human continuum I think Sarah Connor um, she has shifted really towards being a machine not in the way yep. physically like Grace but she is completely isolated without the relationships without the connections that we expect when we think of humanity Um, And she's Mm -hmm. like in a loop where she just she kills Terminators who fall out of the sky. She like gets she gets a command or like she's she gets a code. She goes there. She does her job. She leaves. Um, And that's it. And And when she's not doing that, she turns her brain off. She drinks until she blacks out. Like, right. She she powers down. Literally. Like in the simplest of terms, she is a Terminator for Terminators. She has become a Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. what she does. I think she's pretty far. Well, and, she... and the first line she has, like, one of the first lines she has in the entire movie is um, when she's ta- like, she's recounting, like, the death of John and she says, and I am terminated. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was for her at the end of her humanity. Yeah, she yeah. died that day. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that's why she gets the line, I'll be back, because she is now the machine. She is now the machine, right? Right. Which is funny yeah. when she says it. Like, you know, I don't think we're supposed to, like, it's take it that. perfect line delivery. That seriously. Perfect. But I think that in the broader context of it, like, the, she is now, she has now taken on the vestige of that character. Like, there's sort of a... Yeah. She and... And Carl's doing the exact opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you know, and and Sarah, like, you feel bad for her, right? Like, she's been horribly oh, horrible. traumatized. Yeah. But there's also like something. She's even pushed closer to being like the machine because she's taking, she's being manipulated, whether she knows it or not, by a machine to do the things she's doing. Yeah. Um, and then Carl, you're right. Like, is her the purpose exact comes from Carl. Right. The exact opposite. Carl has gone from terminating killing a son to like 
learning and developing and figuring out how to I mean he says he can't love like people do right but he feels the same things and he has to think it was a strength and I no longer yeah he said but it's not um and so like for him it's like becoming more human is the only way for redemption um so yeah so that's kind of where yeah I I genuinely love Carl I love Carl so much much. I have one one small beef I I mean I guess I have kind of like two one that's big one that's kind of like goofy but I feel more strongly about the goofy one um are you really telling me uh that Alicia and Carl aren't hitting it so you're Carl that's what everyone calls me yes they don't know no she hasn't noticed that you weigh 400 pounds that you never sleep our relationship is not physical she appreciated that they could change diapers efficiently and without any complaints. I'm reliable. I'm a very good listener. And I'm extremely funny. Like, I'm, like, I'm sorry. Yes. Like, like, yeah. yes. why? Yes, that's exactly what they're telling us. I'm okay with that. Are you really not okay with that? No. no. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I have what? no problem suspending. You two are both shocking humans, by the why? way. Why? Shocking. Right. I have no problem. She's built a life with th- someone for like 20 he's years. Asexual. He's asexual. But she's asexual. she's asexual too. She was she, abused and she's just not interested I anymore. I know, but that feels like a very white man view of like women's sexuality. I post- think that we don't have asexuality as a as a representation. I think that it's good I, that we have an asexual Carl. But oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but I I just like. I had no problem suspending my disbelief that Carl can pass for fully human, or even more importantly, that Alicia would know that he was a robot and was fully okay with being in a he-she-it style human-machine relationship. He-she-it is a uh, classic novel about a woman falling in love with a robot, by the way. Um, But, like, it made me oddly sad that he was, like, trying so hard to be human and, like... Mm -hmm. Didn't have and didn't have that element, and I, I I really like it. Reminded me so much of like a very particular type of like quote unquote woke man being like, well, you know, a lot of like lesbians and women who think they don't like sex are only that way because they've had sex with like bad men, and I'm like, ew, no, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But no, but it's opposite. He's never trying to have sex with her. Like, but, but I guess I don't know how. I don't know. I guess I don't understand that comparison. So, so I think it works in the way if you're like thinking about this as all like this is what life would have been if you if yeah if it had been Sarah Connor and John Connor right the, yes if in the original T eight hundred I think that's exactly what it's supposed to represent and sure would have never fucked Sarah Connor well yeah but mostly because she would have never fucked him yeah they were um, not, yes they were, but I think Alicia would have never fucked Carl is what we're supposed to believe I I know that I know that, that doesn't feel believable like, to you all I feel like but their I relationship... think I think it's like eliminating like women's sexuality in this movie yeah. and in the previous ones in a lot of ways like I agree the one of my main gripes with the last one was it's like it's okay for Sarah Connor to have had sex and got knocked up because she time. had the savior. Um, yes. But like, yes. In this, it's like she's traumatized. She has a great guy. They've been together for twenty years. He's like a good partner, good protector. He's extremely funny, as he tells us. And like, 
And the best part is she doesn't have to have sex with him. It felt very right. 1950s, like, housewife, yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad my husband's having an affair so I don't have to have sex with him. Like, it would be totally, totally. different to me if he was like, Sarah, she's asexual. That's not important to us. Like, that would be fine. He doesn't say that, though. What he says is she was abused so she's not interested in sex anymore. That's not... That's not... How, as far as I know, a thing. Like, that seems very insensitive to abused people because just because you've been abused and maybe abused sexually doesn't mean you're not a sexual being. That doesn't turn you no, into I something. Don't... Yes, you I'm know obviously I mean? not trying to make well, that argument. And and not that, like, you have to have sex. Like, I, I no. did read something that was about how Linda Hamilton was like, I've been celibate for 20 years. So I'm like, is that playing into this? That she's maybe. like, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's normal. Whatever. Um, or or that. It just didn't feel like they were... Try- I I don't mind them being asexual. I feel like if that's the case and we were talking about representation, they should call it out. Otherwise, I feel like it was just kind of lazy. Or, like, and why... Like, there's so many reasons she would know he wasn't a human. He doesn't eat. He doesn't... Probably doesn't, like, sleep. bathe. He doesn't he probably sleep. Probably doesn't shit. When's the last time he took it out? Like, <laughs> yeah. He so, never like, leaves the toilet seat up. Beer. He's perfect. We don't know that he doesn't eat. Does he drink beer? I thought he made. Oh, yes. I thought he made beer for everybody but himself. I thought that was cute. Cause... She hands him a beer. Oh, well, I mean, like, it just bugged me. I felt like it was a. I felt like it was a strange moment, and I was like, I have no problem just suspending my disbelief that like they could have a sexual relationship. Like he doesn't have to have yeah. a working penis for them to have a sexual relationship. I guess like, that also was interesting to me because I was like. Of all the places to give us exposition, this S. is the one. Yeah, <laughs> like, for real. I like they answered a question that I wasn't even gonna ask. Like I just yeah. assumed that if they were interested in doing that, they were doing that. You know, like it. I, you don't have to be like. You, <laughs> you don't, don't have, have to be agree. like. It's okay. Yeah, well, well, you, you did call us no, shocking no, no. I, human I, I beings. Get, though. I get what you're saying. I get what <laughs> you you're did what? call us shocking human beings, though. Which <laughs> yeah, I well, because, am saying because. I well because I do think that this is literally supposed to be in conversation with T two Judgment Day and it's supposed to be a representation of what the T eight hundred could have had absolutely with John and Sarah and so for me like but these people that was never a sexual relationship so right. I immediately was on that speed with it oh and no so I mean like, like I, and so for me like that like that wasn't even a thing I considered. Because the T-800 didn't seem at all interested in sex. So it's not about whether or not she's asexual. It's about him being asexual is what I was trying to say. I get it. Okay. Like, okay. yeah, like, so to me. I mean, you know, I think I think she appreciates him as a partner. Who knows if she's getting some strange on the side? I don't know. We don't know. I mean, it looks also, like we live in the, the middle of nowhere. But, yeah. It's not. Well, she, she came back she, from somewhere. Okay. Megan, like, she came yeah. back from the grocery store. The grocery store. You know what goes down there. I never saw a grocery store anywhere nearby. Did you? The point is, like, well, she brought groceries. I, just, I think she's hit. I just with, that was not a thing that I was concerned about because I really felt like this was supposed to be a conver- like what John and Sarah could have. Had I if think, Kate, that you are uncomfortable with the idea of a machine and a human having a relationship, and I'm just saying you need to open your mind because, like, next. The next generation's I'm gonna so do that. I'm so sorry that I'm so conservative. Wait, is and it because it's off about sex? Is it because um, it's heterosexual? And, Kate? And oh, that's why. That's why. Okay. It's obviously not heterosexual. It is clearly queer. He's a fucking robot. <laughs> God damn. But it's coded, Kate. As I think it's heter- hard to argue. I would never. Based I mean, on the like women's Arnold looks in that biker bar. Yeah. I know. I mean, we know he has. I mean. 
Well, unless you think that they're reacting to the fact that he we doesn't have a penis. We know he has a package. That's not what we're. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean that like by by nature of not being a human male. I that like yes, and I. I would People understand. <laughs> I would understand if he was like, "I'm an asexual being," but to me, this is not like. I guess I don't even know that he knows that term, though. Well, like, but I mean, we but the writers the know this term. Okay, he's like, watching football. I guess he watches at least Fox News and is familiar, familiar. Like, with some of it. Does Fox mm-hmm. News use the term asexual? Probably. I'm sure they like, do in a very derogatory like, way. Yeah, but. I'm sure. Uh, more importantly. To me, his story in this, his story arc, is not so much the same. I don't, I, I decouple him more from the Terminator we saw in T2. Sarah is obviously the same because she's the same character. This is a different character, right? He's a different yeah. person. So mm-hmm. I decouple those two. And to me, this is a straight up Pinocchio story. He wants to be a real boy, you know? And... I don't think I would not have a problem. I just thought it was weird that they particularly called out and were like, he is not, he cannot have sex because he's a machine. Ew, how dare you? Like, I felt like that was the vibe, but I was sure, like. Yeah, un- unnecessary. I get it. Well, and I was just like, I don't have I any thought... problem with like a person having a relationship with a machine. Like, that's okay. Well, and I don't have any problem with them not, I guess is where I'm coming down. Like, it just didn't bother me either way. Yeah, well, it bothered me super much. I also felt sad that he had to die at the end. <laughs> It was sad. Me too. I, I really wanted enjoyed him talk telling the story about uh, how he had a man who tried to buy oh, silicone drapes for his daughter's room, and I said, "Dumb dude, you need no, no, butterflies it's or even, polka dots." It's even better than that. It was <laughs> I said, "Don't do it. You need butterflies, polka dots, oh, I wrote dumb, balloons." Dumb I just. Yeah. I just loved that that's his small talk now. Yes. Like, that oh, I they're love all waiting, like, Carl's on tenterhooks for some guy to show up and give them some, like, illegal military-grade tech. And he's like, and this guy didn't want to put butterflies. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I super, I I was love... like, is this how he's so funny? This is his humor? <laughs> I did laugh aloud, so I get it. <laughs> I <Yeah>. get it. <laughs> I did get it. I'm probably just projecting myself because I still find I was pretty attracted to Carl through this. So I'm probably just projecting myself yeah. onto the so, Alicia character. And I'm like, if Carl was in my life, I, I would I would like to bone him. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and maybe I'm projecting myself. If Carl was in my life, I still wouldn't want to bone him. But, <laughs> but I did not, appreciate. Would you not want to have sex what? with him at all? Like you might not be no, interested in this. I penis. didn't want to have. I didn't want to have sex with with with. I thought that I thought in T two the T eight hundred was hot. I don't want to have sex with them. Um, well, I but you're you're gay, Kate. <laughs> Come on. No, I know, I know, and that's what I'm saying. So I mean, we might just both be projecting from different sides of the. Got so it. What mm. Kate finds is about us that's shocking humans is that we're straight. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I I prefer the idea that Kate is, like, immoral. A machine and a human? No. That's not what I said. No, I know. I'm teasing you. you. I'm teasing you. I agree with you that, like, the point of us seeing him with this family, particularly with a son that he's raised, is to give us an idea of what what could have been with him and Sarah. And I think it makes it even more... For me, it made it really more painful, the the opening yes. scene with John um, yes. when they're in because South John, Central you America. Have to think for a moment, well, they think that it's it's their T-800. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, there, there has it's to be a moment where he first turns around and he thinks, 
this is he finally came back that this is the father figure who came back and then that betrayal is is so much worse so much worse but you know what i think that's why it's so hard for sarah to like trust him is like that those levels of like i didn't trust you i didn't trust you i didn't trust you i trusted you and then like it and doesn't then i was to you, someone else i was like, fucking right like you can't yeah. be trusted but i think i was right you're just a goddamn machine but i think we can agree like i think carl's a person at the end of this right like we have that good moment yeah. where it's like yeah. it's us against you the machine and carl is on the side of the humans so yeah. i think that yeah, carl no, like they, they call it out in particular yeah. and and he's like well, like why won't you give this back and Sarah in that moment, like, is willing to own Carl as one of them. She's like, because we're not like you, you, you know, metal mouth motherfucker, whatever she says. Right, I'll, yeah. right. I'll, so I'll, she, I'll sub it in. so she, yeah, she believes that. Yeah, she that moment, even accepts like, he, that Carl. At that moment, she's accepting that, like, if it's us v them, you're an us. Well, which, and which is, which is yeah. big. Something I didn't say in technology, and I'm, so I'll maybe recut it in there, but I just, I need to say it. I love that they let the t-800 age i know some people thought that was lazy i think it makes sense the only time we hear him explain what he is is a cybernetic organism that is like covered in like human like bits over machine why wouldn't they age it works it makes sense thank god you didn't make us watch like a de-aged technology for forever going back to your point though about like um carl at the end like being human and on the human side like i think for sarah and carl like both of them are only human like once like they're redempt sorry both of them are only redeemed when they start to embrace that human side of them one thousand percent because sarah sarah is more robotic than carl when they meet yes at that point so she also has to she is also a pinocchio they are Pinocchios and, together. 100%. Well, and, and it's yeah. interesting, like, seeing how angry well, except she is at Sarah's him, like, he's like, I tried to give you a sense of purpose to make up, like, as as my own path to redemption, and that feels like another betrayal to her. You know, this thing that did give her purpose, this thing that did, like, keep her going, that did make her feel like she was, like, making a difference, you know, for John, these text messages said, with the coordinates to, like, a new Terminator. Like that's just like so gutting to her, and then, yeah. and then by the end, like she's like that is able to be left behind and parked at the door, and sooner than it is like between her and like the T two and, and Judgment Day, like she has grown. We do see that Sarah has changed, and while like when we first meet her, she is definitely more robotic than Carl. Like she is also not the woman that we left behind. Yeah, I I do feel like Sarah gets a raw deal in a lot of this. Um, Of course. And it's hard. It's hard for me to see it in T2, and it's really hard for me to see it in this one. But in both movies, there's a moment where she comes face-to-face with the T-800, and other people around her are like, it's cool, like, don't worry about it, let the trauma go. And I think it's especially hard in this, because we open up with her watching... Not just like the same model, but this exact the same, same dude, like yes. the same person, murder her fucking son in front of her, and then later on we have a, like two other women who are like, just like just pull it together, like just shut up, like don't worry about it, just like work with us, like just work with them, don't worry about, it. like don't cover any of the ground, because like she hasn't seen him since he killed her son. 
Um, yeah, she has every right to be to be murderous towards him. And yes. everyone kind of makes it seem like she's being she's overreacting or being yeah. irrational or just being difficult. And it's like, how many people does she have to see murdered by Arnold? Like, it's hard. It's very hard for me. This movie does not cover, I think, as much, even though I think that T2 has a very 90s, like, I've only been to marriage counseling, I'm a white, yeah. privileged man view of mental health. Um, the fact that it's not really touched on at all here, like, I mean, I don't know how they would do it. Would they, like, be getting into the Jeep at the end of Danny's, like, let's go to your AA meeting or something? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, like, right? Like, you're on step six. We can go get ice cream now or something. I don't know. I don't know what it would be, but the, that I did miss that element in this story yeah. because I think that the closest thing we get is her tossing the keys at Danny, and it and I know that that like gets into like passing the torch, but it's almost like a I don't need to be in total control. Like I think that is the thing sure. that we see. They, it's not like they it's definitely not Sarah's doing the twelve steps, but like Sarah is no longer thinks that like it's her way or no way she has grown trust in others they show us that she gets better they don't necessarily handle the fact that the way she would get better is via mental health which i think she desperately needs like she needs she needs to go to therapy very badly it's almost like um i think the first time maybe in any of the movies that we see her truly soften is when um she's comforting danny after grace dies which is also after the T-800 dies. So it's like all of her demons are dead and now she can kind of be a softer, comforting, like, person. Um, well, and, and before, but before he dies, like, you know, like, it's set up where we have Chekhov's Carl. I'll never call you Carl. Sure. And then, like, you have her, like, not only has she already, like, said, like, you know, he's one of us, essentially, as we've, as we've already stated, she like calls to him and instead of being like i can do it i can handle it like you know you can't do anything without me it's like carl help her i and I, like but i think there's difference so I, between calling for help or like verbally being like no we're all on the same side and like that scene there's like a shot of her like putting her arm around danny while she's like crying over sure, grace's I just, body I just that's don't so think different that, like it it required him dying before she was able to I think she was already there I see I see what you're saying yeah I mean it's I think in both movies there's sort of this miraculous recovery of Sarah like also Sarah's uh, recovery and being a better mom at the end could not happen just because like Skynet's not a threat anymore so like what does she have to be worried about like she's been through a lot I under so the the criticism that I think is valid from the fandom about around this movie. So I read some criticism from the fandom. Of course, there are like n- disgusting trolls who are like, "Who wants to see a woman do anything ever except make me a damn sandwich?" Like, right? Like those people. Obviously, sure, I don't care sure. what they think. Um, but I do. I do kind of understand the part of the fandom that's like, "How are you gonna kill John? You're like now we kill John? <laughs> like now this is the time?" And I kind of get it from the perspective of, like, do we have to break Sarah down once again? Like, this movie, like, starts basically by, like, breaking her her back. Like, it's just, it's the most horrible thing that could happen to her. And they do it so she goes back to square one so that she can have, like, kind of this heroic arc again. 
But I think there is a piece of me, at least, that when I see it done a second time, I'm like, it's going to take way more than this. Like, she needs more. Sarah has been through too much. And I, I, I can see where the fandom breaks with this film in that way. I, I see that. I can also see, though, like, she's that... The loss of John breaks her down so much, and she's so alone, that even the hint that Danny is the new John would make it, like, this is so much more important than herself, and make it so easy to, like, get her fully mm-hmm. on board. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. I, I also think so. that... It, it gives her purpose again. Yeah. Well, but and it, I, not just purpose, but a chance to, like, do better directly or indirectly. Yeah, do better. Like, correct the way, like, how can she be a better mentor, like, nurture, like, yeah, whatever and, and than she was. Yeah, that's where we see her at the end. Yeah. Like, 100%. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just, like, I'm, I'm, whereas, whereas there's lots of things that I can totally dispense, dis, like, suspend my disbelief for. I'm a little bit like, no, Sarah should be, like, huddled in a corner. <laughs> like, she's just well, very rough. Very rough. I mean, I also acknowledge, like, it's kind of, like, shitty. And I don't know if misogynistic is the right word. But, like, they've she's been through all this shit. And she's, like, alone, like, a roaming, like, gunslinger. And Carl has a family. And yeah, Carl's, house, like, in a cute like, little house. cabin. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems kind of, it seems more brutal. Like, she couldn't at least hook up with, like, who was it? Enrique from the last Yeah, film why isn't and, she, like, like buddying with... around with him? I loved him. Yeah. He, I know why. Well, I mean, it disappears. Apparently, they kill him in one of the movies, which would break my heart. I'm like, oh, what a horrible yeah, thing. Yeah, but this movie's pretending none of those happened. None so. of those happened. Yeah. On the, on the how you gonna kill John... Um, note, I will say that for this movie to be successful, how you're not going to kill John? Because we already know you you have to kill the John story needs to end so that a new narrative can rise and we can have a new character take his spot and it's the circle of the circle of franchises like that's just how it works right like if you want your life yeah it's just like the circle of life circle franchises like you have to Mm -hmm. something has to die for something new to be born um, and I do think that the passing the torch to Danny is a very smart choice. Like, you know, yeah. we need, she's not going to carry the savior. She is the savior. And I think it's also like lovely, a, certainly a lovely idea, if not perfectly executed, but a lovely idea to be like, future is female and that female probably ain't white. Like, yep. that's good. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Yep. That's, yep. that's yep. a yep. net positive out of this movie. Yeah, no, I think that this movie, what what it does most successfully, other than being an entertaining movie with uh, Mackenzie Davis, uh, a.k.a. guys, this movie is at least side door queer because uh, Mackenzie Davis uh, was on San Junipero, uh, the only episode of Black Mirror I've ever seen, as you know. Black Mirror is not that scary, Kate. You could definitely handle it if you can watch us. We have talked about... Listen, Mary, I keep telling you, pick a couple episodes that like and we'll do it. Just on watch the, the first one. It's real upsetting. No, 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 I'm <laughs> oh. not no. I'm not playing this game. Mary said she'd pick episodes. If I will, she just I'll picks pick episodes, episodes. We'll watch it. If you anyway. want to do it over Christmas, we can. We can do it for our December episodes. But Sounds great. But they're you'll pick, your, you'll pick some episodes. But they're your picks, so you have to. I don't. You'll have to pick the episodes anyway. Kate's <laughs> mm, like I we're refuse to be distracting <laughs> from what I am talking about. Mary, I can't. I'm not gonna pick. I don't know what that Kate, was. I'll that's pick not gonna, the Kate, first Kate, one. No, Kate. no, Megan, no. Kate, that's no. not what. Rude. Kate, that's not what I meant. What I meant was, if you want me to pick them for episodes that are mine, I would understand because your voice should not be 
like erased in this choosing process. That's what I meant. Sure, sure, sure. Great, great, great. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to pick them for December because you'd rather pick something else of your choosing, totally fine. I can use it for one of my picks. That is what I All meant. Right. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to say that this movie stars uh, a woman who uh, got her start playing a lesbian and that there is, I feel like, some queer undertones to the Grace and Danny thing. It becomes complicated when Grace is like, you raised me. You're my mom. Yeah. Real creepy. Yeah. Yeah. You found me when I was 13. Everyone can chill out. I'm obviously not, like, promoting that. But I feel like until you find that out, like, there is, like, a tone. I I would agree. Did no one else see a tone? Uh, No, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I think that Grace isn't, I I think, and I don't even think it's a problem with, since I'm already a shocking human being. I don't even think it's a problem (laughs) that Grace and Danny have sexual chemistry. Because, like, she did raise her, but, like, I mostly get, I think that Grace is in love with Danny. And I don't think Yeah, I it's, think Grace is in love with Danny. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's necessary. I don't. I, th- I think, I think, I think past Grace, I guess, not Grace, past Grace, past Danny, like, is, is, isn't not into it. But, like, it's not, you know. She's, she, she's murky to me. I, I mean, I guess yeah. I am more comfortable thinking that an adoptive mother didn't pull a poundstone at with oh i don't i don't i don't don't, no 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 i don't mean like when she realizes who they are to each other i mean like as a random girl you mean being rescued by a blonde who clearly is a little bit in love with her current danny well that's why i said past because like past is our current well current danny past grace so grace from the future and danny of the present not danny from the alternate yeah i get you yes Yes. 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 It's yes. It, back to the future. It's confusing. Yeah. yeah no, I, yes, I there's a vibe, but I think that um, I think that Danny is potentially interested in Grace um, in the timeline where she does not raise her. But I think mm-hmm. that Grace is definitely that's all I meant. I think Grace is definitely in love with Danny. Like, yeah. That's, and it might just be hero as, worship, whatever. As but far like, as there is not as far yeah, as I'm concerned, that that's canon. text. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So representation is great. I'm super happy that we have a non-white woman at the center of the story and that she is the savior of the world, especially if he, we are to believe that Legion has some racial biased uh, background, which I which I think we agree has to be for the story to make sense. And that sure. her being like, humans have to pull together. Community matters. It doesn't matter. Like, we all have to work together. We all have, we are, we are a nation of immigrants, you know, like that kind of thing to, to draw people together. That's like very empowering that it is a, a woman of color for sure. However, there are still a lot of white people anchoring this movie. Did we feel weird about that? I felt a little weird about that. I, so I did it first. Like, I, I felt like this was a weird, there's kind of an almost white savior-y mm-hmm. element to it. But um, with that in mind, when I rewatch it, there are a lot of, like, very clear moments, especially towards the end where it becomes clear, like, it's not so much white, it, for me at least, it didn't seem so much white savior as, like, these are people willing to sacrifice to die and they do whatever she says right like at the end she's like no fuck it like this is where we're setting up the kill box like i'm done they're like i'm your commanding officer and they're like okay we'll do it like um and so i think because they all kind of fall in line with her and do what she says at the end that rescued it for me 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had that feeling at the beginning where I was like, oh, some white bitch is going to, some blonde white bitch is going to come from the future and save her. And like, yeah. well, especially when both Grace and Sarah like kind of know more information on Danny than Danny mm-hmm. knows. Like that's yeah. like, I, I mean, I did like, I did like context, like in the moment it was a good reveal. It was exciting and it's what you wanted because like Sarah just assumes that Danny's going to give birth to the savior and Grace does not correct her but you know there's like a pregnant there's a ah, pregnant pause so you know something you know that that can't be all of it right and then right. in the moment Grace is like no you are the savior like like you know apparently people didn't do their math right or we kept fuzzy enough such that it was impossible to do i'm not sure which but they're like, no, you're the savior. And you just kind of want to be like, I mean, I know, but like, why didn't you just like tell her? And she's like, we didn't think you could handle it. <laughs> like, just tell her. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's that that was like where I really got uncomfortable with it. I was like, you guys, like, she is her. Like, don't 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 be afraid to trust her with information about herself. But I would agree at the end, it's clear that Danny is in charge. Um, Kate has mentioned the scene where Sarah throws the keys to Danny so she can drive like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think all of that is a, a, a pretty effective passing of the torch. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I think kind of a net positive. I mean, I like that Danny's whole look even has changed, like, in her leather jacket. Sarah is so implicit in that role from the beginning. Like, when, when Grace is like, why do you even care what happens to her? And she says, because I was her and it sucks. And, like, while she wasn't her having this destiny forced upon you does suck it doesn't matter if you're john or you're sarah right uh, as in the dichotomy that like sarah is seeing it like it's it's still bad and she still like wants to help this person and when they're like shooting guns and she gives the world's worst pep talk and gives uh effective effective gives, gives danny uh she's like you know fuck this shit and gives her like you know a a big powerful weapon and says Terminator has just killed your whole family what do you do (laughs) allow me allow me here leverage my trauma leverage my trauma this is how I get shit done but like but there is like this element of like Sarah like from from like an early point in this movie is like ready to step aside even when she doesn't know what it is she's stepping aside for and like and like once like at first it's almost like kind of like sarcastic the way she wants to step aside like oh great like i'm forgotten by history now someone else is here but then it becomes like an active thing where it's like no i i can i can do this and i can help you you know like everything from we're going to deploy the parachute god that moment when when danny like they're you know the the Humvee that they rode in a parachute down from the plane. Oh yeah, where Grace uh, is like, is like, is Grace is like, this is, is great is for parachuting out. And when she said it, I was like, what? I mean, yeah, yeah, no, no, I was I like, mean, I mean, I mean, what? when they're balancing on the edge of yeah. a waterfall, the precipice of Grace, a dam, and Grace is like, Grace is like, buckle in, and Sarah goes, yeah, because because this might be dangerous otherwise. Yeah, like very there funny. Just these moments where like Sarah, Sarah is starting to like see understand and like and and immediately gravitate to a role where she can empower this other woman and so like i like that it doesn't just happen at the end i don't think it just happens at the end no i think it is 
something it is a journey she goes on and by the end you get to see sarah and probably her healthiest place we've seen her actively in one of the movies uh and i i understand that like it seems like a shortcut we don't get to see her like go through recovery or whatever but we do get to see her like being an actual good like just second an actual good number two instead of going rogue tossing the keys and being like yeah so we're not gonna we're not gonna let that happen right right you know yeah well she's figured out the the true secret which is uh the second bananas in the style can be amazing if you're in the style of han solo which i think is the role she fills in this movie (laughs) i i do too uh in fact i wish she had set like at a certain point carl's like you know like when the EMP gets destroyed and he gives the odds and they're like, there's like 6% chance we're going to like yeah, survive yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I was like, I wanted, I did want Sarah Connor to be like, never tell me the never odds. tell me the odds. Yes. yes, for sure. I'm like, I'm like, this movie's begging for it. There's another line early on when like Grace, instead of saying like, come with me if you want to live, she's like, if you don't come with me now, you're going to die. And I'm like, so close. So close. Come on, guys. Just just give it to me. I just want to hear it. Come I just, I just want to cheer in the theater. Come on. <laughs> I mean, instead, I just screamed, come with me if you want to live. Because, like, it's it's so close that I it was fine. But, you know, just give it yeah. just give it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think that that is important. And I think um, what the way I kind of interpret it is Sarah also might see Danny as, like, the perfect hybrid of herself and John. She is all the I things. think 100% that's what she sees. And like, she doesn't just have to be one thing or another. She gets, like, she is not held back by a role she has assigned. Danny is capable of being all of it. Sure. So Sarah, like, can just be someone who supports someone who's doing all of it. She doesn't have to, like, train her up. She doesn't have to, like, mother her. Like, this, this woman is strong and the savior already. Yeah, and I think there's also um, I think there's also sort of an element of, uh, and I think this is me thinking about it too much. Like I don't I don't really think this is text, but I wouldn't necessarily blame Sarah for being like I had to go through all the heartache and it wasn't even me. Like I'm not the savior, yeah. but I still had to do all yeah. the work. Like yeah. so, yeah. I, I don't think that I don't think the movie kind of goes there, but. It, it would make sense to me if it did, and it would make sense to me that Danny would be sort of, or maybe I feel that way as the viewer. When I see T2, maybe that's one of the things that makes me feel so much for Sarah is that she has to do all the sacrifice and she's just the womb, and that's hurtful and, and it's sad and like what a lot of women are relegated to. So it's very satisfying to see like, no, Danny's not just a womb. <laughs> She's not a womb that will endlessly suffer. She, she is a, she chooses to be the, the, the victor of her story. She chooses to be the hero. And that's why she's important. Like that feels better. To yep. Me. So maybe it's, yeah, it's a choice. So maybe it's not textual, it's not but as an audience member, I feel closure around that pain from T2 watching yes. this movie. No, I, th- I, th- I think that that's what I mean by like, when I've said that these movies are in conversation with each other, it's not that it's not even like what is happening on screen to the characters is what the franchise is giving us in response to like this honestly dated narrative. Like it's giving us a correction, a pivot that is empowering. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So I think we talked about most of the things I had, like, um, you know, the fact there's a white European heritage male who has to swoop in 
to like mm-hmm. save a bunch of badass women is difficult for me. Carl makes things easier and like yes, ultimately like he but like I don't know that they would have died without him. You know what I mean? Maybe they would have. Maybe I'm underestimating. I think they well, always I think they he's, always need him, but he's always he's like almost third banana in this movie, so it doesn't bother yes. me as much. Yeah. Right. I, I think they did it really well. Um mm-hmm. and I think the fact that he's just kind of a delightful character um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason I just loved him in this. Like makes it easier. Well, they they did a great job with him. I wanted to put all four hundred pounds of him in my pocket. He was so cute. <laughs> he's a little sweetie pie. He's a cute. He's a sweetie pie. I just don't think of him as any part of a sexual being. Oh, so I, that, I don't want to put. You know. I don't want to put people I want to bone in my pocket. That's like a totally. No, I have a very no, multi. That, that's, and that's, that's what I that's mean. That's a personal like, choice for you. Have some cargo shorts. Put them where in whichever pocket you need. Yeah, you but. know. I mean, I just have a very multifaceted relationship with Carl. I find him adorable and uh, sexually attractive. I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's healthy. Um, Totes. No oh, one, no one's trying to. Yeah. There was one, one thing problem about Carl I, I didn't like. Oh, go, go, go. No, so well, like this is just like kind of a technicality, like point. But like, who the fuck puts a picture of a weird side angle of their van on their fridge? Like, that's <laughs> what? That is weird. <laughs> I was just like. You're what right, are you talking the about? The reason why it could be there would be like a celebration of the fact that he got a new van with like but a like, new decal. But like he's not in it. Weird. Nobody's in the picture. No, I it's get, just I like, get it. I yeah. get it. We talk, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a weird. It's, it's almost weird like moment. just write a post-it note that says, hey, look for this. <laughs> right. Or like look outside and look at my van. Um, yeah. yeah. I did have one problem with Carl. Uh, and it was a part. It was. And because I loved him so much, I think it felt worse than it probably is and this is again i recognize that i am not a typical action film person and that they are not catering to me and they don't care what i think but i'm still gonna say it so when carl talks about how important it is to own a bunch of guns because humanity will eventually destroy itself i was like that is not what this this is the antithesis of what this movie is about like grace was orphaned yeah, over 100, 100%, a can of 100%. peaches, and we're also meant. But, it, but it's a very Sarah Connor thing. Oh man, it's you know? so Sarah Connor. No, and of it's course. Kind of so throw like, back yeah. to the last one, right? With the yeah, it's, no, it's. it's I, suppo- think it's, I think it's supposed to. Sh- I think it's supposed to show the way in which Sarah and Carl are both outdated. I think it's a straight up mm. laugh line. Like it's a straight up yeah. laugh line that you would have this cute little man who now like it, like t- t- tells people that they're crazy for not wanting to put printed drapes in um, their child's bedroom, <laughs> and that he also has like a, a a shed full of weapons. I mean, it's a convenience. They need to get the weapons somehow, and he has them. And then he has a oh. shed of weapons, and he's like, "Well, you know, I mean, like I like people, and I want to be a person, but I know that people are sometimes assholes. And also, I live in Texas, so we all have guns. Like it's a laugh line, right? It's fine." I- is it move back to texas like come come hang out for a minute i don't know no i think gun ownership is very scary personally to me and i think that that rhetoric is like fueled by capitalism and like that what you know one must always think of others because others might get to the last can of peaches before you do like that's terrible that <laughs> that mindset is why grace like you know future grace is an orphan and is bad and danny stands in direct opposition of that which is like we have sure. to work together as a community we share the can of peaches we don't shoot each other over the can of peaches so it bothered me that carl has that like little moment even though it is funny in the moment that 
he's like, of course you got to own guns. What are you crazy? People are terrible. Totally, totally. Yeah, totally. but that's very uh, that's he, very I, white again, lib I think of it's me. About him and Sarah being no, 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 yeah. no. I think it's him and Sarah being like on the wrong side of this. Like probably, yeah. Them being outdated in their approach. But I, I, I respect and understand your call. I just, I don't know that it works against the message. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, in the way that like, they neither of them like are are able to be where where Danny is, you know, mentally right. at that point. Well, and I also recognize, like, you're not going to have an action movie without a lot of big guns. Like, that's sure, sure, sure. natural in the space. At some point, you go and you see a big lair full of guns. Yeah. yeah. The only other thing is not really a critique of this movie, but sort of, like, Hollywood in general. I feel like this movie... So I, I liked that we had, we had representation in it, right, of Latinx leads we got three of them over the course of this movie which is exciting but then i was like well who made this movie and it's a bunch of white dudes which is not that surprising but i just like all the love so this is a tim miller film he directed the first deadpool and david goyer is who wrote dark city which i love and the two of the nolan batman movies which i'm like eh, about but but like talented guys fine i can't help but think that this movie would have a lot more to say if you had a latinx person at the helm so shame on you hollywood for being comfortable casting latinx people in big like big budget movies but not letting them drive really you know yeah like you don't even have one woman on the writing staff come on it's a bummer yeah, it's, yeah a, it's a tough look for a film with, like, a lot of <laughs> yeah. very strong women. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think that, like, all those political beats that feel, like, pulled, I'm like, I don't know if they would have done this. But I know that it's not just up to the creators I mean, of the film. I would assume that they didn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. There's also those studios. Yeah. You know. But, yeah, I just think it'd be punchier and have more to say and, like, nail, like, the, the a lot of the uh, Latinx reviews I read were like, and, you know, like... She has a Colombian accent, which isn't, like, quite right. Like, I think you they could have fine-tuned those elements of it and made it feel a little bit more genuine than it potentially came off. For sure. And be, like, a little bit more culturally sensitive, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. I, you know, I think overall net positive, but I wish that there was a woman or a Latinx person involved, preferably a person who falls into both of those categories. Yeah. For the creative side. The, the photo on the fridge was my main complaint that we haven't talked about. So. As a problematic. <laughs> my main so problematic. How <laughs> dare they? How yeah. dare they? I loved that Carl's family didn't have to die. Loved that part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that he was able to take care of them. And, and that whole, like, you know, going on, like, destiny, motivation, whatever. Like, he tells Sarah that, like, she gave him a choice. You know, like, he killed John for a future that never existed, which is, like, really just sad fucking heartbreaking um just just gutting and unnecessary uh in a way that's very effective in this movie but like that he told his family like the day that i've always warned you would come has come and my past is caught up with me and you need to go somewhere else and that he's able to prioritize their safety and that they're able to live is good Thank God. Oh, man. I did not need to see Carl's family die. <laughs> yeah, no. Didn't nobody wanted that. Didn't need it. Didn't uh-uh. want it. Uh-uh. Didn't need it. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I like this movie. I recommend this movie. I think it deserves more people uh, yeah. laying eyes on it. And I think it's great. 
it's that it's cent- it's feminist yeah of course it centers on a woman it it kind of rectifies that like woman as a womb or uh, for the future versus woman as the future like that very um, explicitly <laughs> yes which is great and uh, i think danny is a very excellent choice to pick up the torch so i'm i'm all for this movie what do you think yeah, megan i agree with that a hundred percent. I I got really excited after I watched it the first time and started talking about it to someone at brunch and they were like, yeah, I've seen it. I like it. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm late to the party. Like, okay. You're like, you're one, of likes the, it. you're one of the two humans that has, have seen it. But I know you must have been like, when you get really, sometimes when I get really excited about stuff, I'm like, no, you got to watch. You got to give it a chance. And they're like, I gave it a chance before you gave it a chance. You're like, yeah, oh, right. Right. She was like, I saw it in theaters a year ago. Like, yeah, she's I like, know. It's amazing. She's like, my box office dollars mattered versus yours. <laughs> I think as usual, I probably liked it the most I've ever on this podcast. I super enjoyed yeah, it. I really liked it. No, I mean, I did I did too, but you know, we like this is the role I always fall into. <laughs> Megan, thank you for taking the time and joining us on this two-part Terminator Adventure Time. I'm so happy to be here. Anytime. Anytime I'll be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. Let us know other cool stuff coming up. We got all kinds of all kinds of things in the hopper. So anytime you want to come back, we would love to have you. It's always a treat. Always a dream. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love you, sister. Love you guys. Thanks. And now join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of space bras. And these troubled, troubling, constantly shifting, let's lower the bar, dig into the basement times. We must remember that even though everyone might suck, we can choose to be awesome, we are awesome, and the galaxy can and will be motherfucking ours. Cheers!